Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Shooting Through with Cheryl Ryan from 123 Travel. Located right in the heart of Budrum on the Sunshine Coast in Australia, just minutes away from the beach. As a local resident and owner of 123 Travel, I've been blessed with travelling all over the world to some incredible destinations. So wherever you are, relax and let me take you on a journey. Welcome to Shooting Through. I'm Cheryl Ryan, your host, and this week we're heading off to Benares, or more well known perhaps as the city of Varanasi, a city located in the northern Indian state of Uttar Pradesh dating back to the 11th century, regarded as one of the holiest cities in India, a very special place to visit. If you've ever fantasized about India, then Varanasi is most likely what you have imagined, and much, much more. It is spiritual, it's colourful, chaotic, and everything you can possibly imagine about India. I've done a lot of India uh, travels, and but it was only a few years ago that I finally made my first trip to Varanasi. And it is a very magical city, but not one that is for the faint-hearted or first-time traveller. However, in saying that, it may just turn out to be one of your favourite cities in India. You'll hear a lot of um, mention of ghats when you visit Varanasi, so let me explain first what that actually means. So the ghats in Varanasi are riverfront steps. They lead down to the banks of the river Ganges, and the city has 88 of these ghats. Most of them are used for bathing and puja ceremonies, while two ghats are used exclusively as the cremation sites. Most Varanasi Ghats were built around the 18th century when the city came under the Mararatha rule. The patrons of current Ghats as Mararathas or associated clans of the Mararathas, whilst some are still privately owned, uh, many of them have a strong association with legends and mythologies. In the holy city of Varanasi, the temples draw throngs of believers who float oil lamps and marigolds down the river in the evening. This is particularly beautiful to see, but it can cause a lot of leftover pollution come the morning. You'll find hundreds of pilgrims taking ritual baths, dips and even small sips, which is quite frightening really, uh, while reciting prayers to heal the body and clean the soul. Many pilgrims seek to have their ashes sprinkled in the river and thousands of bodies are buried here. Many, however, are not fully cremated. All these practices stress the river, but they are only a small part of what it endures. By far the most toxic pollution of this river is probably the least visible, unless you happen upon drainage canals which discharge millions every day of gallons of raw untreated sewerage. A very frightening image. Experts link the pollution in the Ganges and other rivers to the India's high rate of waterborne illnesses, which kill an estimated 1.5 million children every year. Researchers have also discovered the emergence of so-called superbugs in the Ganges water samples, bacteria resistant to most used antibodies. Therefore, the first rule of thumb for your visit to Varanasi is don't go in the water, simply just enjoy the view and stay in the boat. However, many uh, do take the leap of high risk, I would put it, and they do jump in the water and uh, take a dip. But I was pretty happy to stay in the boat and on the shore. 
Aside from all this very dark side, Varanasi is a city full of amazing characters, events and colour. So immerse yourself not in the water, but three or four days and you'll have experienced nothing similar in your life. Upon arrival, I would suggest perhaps fly directly in rather than a bus or train as the option for travel as as the option for the main travel method. The airport's about 25 kilometres from the city, but the traffic is so so chaotic, it can cause you to take up to about an hour to reach the city centre. This is particularly important more so for catching departure flights, so allow yourself plenty of time on the departure. So when selecting where to stay in Varanasi, I personally like to stay somewhere overlooking the river rather than outside the city centre. If you do decide to stay down on the river, uh, which is a great experience, be aware there is no alcohol allowed at any of these venues. So most of the larger chain hotels are not riverside, but more the guest houses and small boutique hotels. No real five stars on the river, but some lovely traditional stays and they're really very comfortable. I stayed in a little gorgeous guest house with only nine rooms and my room overlooked the Ganges and I could sit out on the balcony, have my morning cup of tea. And so every morning I would watch the boat owners coming and going, playing cricket on the banks in their spare time whilst waiting for a guest And the ladies would come down there, they'd be washing their sheets and laying them on the banks to dry out. There were water buffalo being washed and pilgrims doing prayers. And there was always something happening to watch. I was amazed to see how white the sheets were coming out of the river, considering what is happening in the water and the colour of it. So it's just beautiful to sit somewhere along the river banks and just watch the day-to-day happenings. During dinner at our hotel one evening, I was enjoying this lovely meal and uh, it was in this little courtyard which has an open central um, area up to the sky where everyone could just dine and uh, sit around and when suddenly this monkey came down the tree in the middle of my meal causing complete chaos, um, so there's certainly never a dull moment to be had. So when it comes to an itinerary for Varanasi, I'd recommend probably four nights, three days to really enjoy seeing the main sites, but having time to do it at a relaxed pace. That's probably the most important thing. It is such a wonderful place uh, to not be in too much of a hurry and to make sure you have time to sit and people watch. One of the best ways to visit the many ghats is to hire a boat, and um, which there's no shortage of, and you need to have your very best haggling skills out. I would recommend hiring a boat for an early morning dawn ride along the Ganges. The colours are incredible at this time, and you'll have a chance to see all the pilgrims riverside doing their morning rituals. The most popular is to take a boat from the southern, it's called the, well now this will be test my pronunciations out here, but it's the Dasha Wamed Ghat to the Harish Chandra Ghat. I may or may not have pronounced them correctly. The Cremation Ghat and then back again. The other must-do, of course, is the evening boat cruise, and this can finish at the at the main gat called the Dashawamid Gat for the arty ceremony performance, and this is held every evening. The actual ceremony involves the waving of lit lamps before an image of a particular deity that is being honoured. The ringing of the bells is done to cre- create an auspicious sound that can be heard across the Ganges River. The sounds of the bells and the waving of the lamps fill the night like a magical performance, Butter lamps fill the river floating along like sparkling stars on the water. 
the GAT itself is particularly crowded at this time with tourists and locals and I think it's probably best seen from the water in the boat where it's much more relaxing and uh, you're not fighting the crowds and it gives you a great view as well. Given the number of GATs available to visit is worth noting some of the more important ones not to be missed. So the Assi GAT is the furthest one south and this is where the Assi River meets up with the Ganges River and pilgrims come here to worship a Shiva Lingam beneath a, a papel tree or more commonly known as a Bodhi tree. As mentioned there are two ghats which are used specifically for cremations. Uh, the main one is the Manakanika ghat and the other is the Hashicharandra ghat. The dead bodies are handled by a group of outcast people referred to as the Doms, D-O-M-S, who carry the bodies through the old city alleyways on bamboo stretches down to the Ganges. It would not be uncommon for you to come across this as you're walking around in the old city alleys, so pay attention and be respectful should you see them coming through the streets. The body is then dipped into the river of the holy water prior to cremation. The price of the cremation is interesting because it's calculated on the wood required to burn the body. There are huge piles of firewood at the top of the gat and every log is carefully weighed on giant scales. Each type of wood has its own price with sandalwood being one of the most expensive. There is an art in using just the right amount of wood to completely incinerate the body so there's no wastage in money. I happened to witness a cremation on my way home one evening as I walked back to my hotel. I was with my daughter and as we came upon the cremation I suggested that we just walk past quite respectfully without looking too much or stopping, no photos. So as we walked through quietly, trying not to make contact, we suddenly heard the wood crackling and a large log rolled out of the fire. But at least we hoped it was a log. With both of us thinking it might be the body, we picked up the pace and broke into a run like a couple of scared rabbits. We arrived back at the hotel in a fit of giggles at how ridiculous we were and wondered if anyone had noticed us and hoped they had not. The Dasha Shawamid Gat is the main gat and this is used for the arty ceremony each night and the most popular. Full of colour, full of atmosphere. The Kadar Gat is also well attended every evening and it also has an arty ceremony but much on a much smaller scale. The Munchi Gat, uh, it's a favourite for, for the photographers and a great place for the perfect snaps of the Ganges and all the buildings. It is a particularly uh, photogenic compared to many of the other ones. The best option, hire the boat for several hours, cruise up and down the river to visit the different ones and see the variety which are best viewed from the water. Just remember to haggle hard for your boat and your driver. You could hire a guide if you're keen to learn a lot more about the in-depth history, although the boat operators, if you find one that speaks good English, they often have lived in Varanasi all of their life and have a great deal of information to share. So perhaps when you're haggling and doing a price, just investigate a little bit about them as well. So getting off the water for some time and wandering into the old city, this is a lot of fun. A maze of alleyways will confront you. The alleyways are referred to as the galleys, too narrow for traffic to enter, which is quite a blessing, as this has eliminated cars from the area, along with the honking and fumes. The alleyways do get very busy and chaotic at times, so you do need to be very careful with your belongings. I would suggest perhaps doing a walking tour with a guide in the alleyways because it can get quite confusing and it's easy to get lost moving in and out of them and missing some of the more important things along the way. 
One of the most important places to pay a visit in the old city is the Vishwanath Temple. This Hindu temple is the city's most famous of all and it's dedicated to Lord Shiva. The current temple was built in 1776 and there is 800 kilograms of gold plating on the dome and the tower. So when you visit the area, you'll be confronted by a lot of soldiers due to security issues to be aware of. And before arriving, as it can be a little bit confronting for some people, you'll have to go through screening and all your bags, cameras, mobiles will have to be placed in a locker. So you probably should carry your passport with you as you may be required to show it for entrance as well. At different times of the day, it can be really, really extremely busy with long waits and queues and other times it's very, very quiet. It's difficult to very difficult to suggest a good time to visit as it's, it's it's just really just luck if you happen to be arrived when it's quiet. Once you're inside you'll see people crowding to give offerings and to touch the lingam. A lingam, just to give you a description of what that actually is, a representation of the Hindu deity Shiva and can sometimes be referred to as a linga. It is often represented with a disc-shaped base with a bulb-like shape on top more appropriately described as phallic shaped to be more accurate and you'll see them all throughout India at different places of worship. On the northern side you will see a well where it is believed if you drink from the well it will lead to a higher spiritual plane. These days you're not permitted to drink from the well and foreigners are not permitted to enter this area though you can view it from the distance. So now if you're getting a little hungry and wondering where to eat then head to a little place called the Bowl of Compassion. It offers a rooftop view, although you do have to climb up about four flights of stairs to get there, so give some consideration to that if your knees are not up to it. The restaurant is attached to a low-key guest house, which is very popular, and they also offer classes in yoga and reflexology. The restaurant also supports a children's project for education and offers you the chance to be involved with volunteering programs. So on the topic of eating and drinking, I need to point out that Varanasi, there is this very popular drink called a bang lassi or ganga milkshake. Be very careful of these as they actually add cannabis to your mix. I would also suggest to be avoided as there is no control on measure or quality of what's actually going into them. And there have been a few horror stories about this um, participating in this from tourists trying these out. So perhaps avoid the Ganja Milkshake or the Bang Lassie. Other good options include the Brown Bread Bakery, which is a bit of a mouthful. This is extremely popular and produces some great eats. Eden Restaurant is another restaurant. It offers rooftop dining and it's great for perhaps a romantic evening. For something a little more upmarket, you can dine at Canton Royale, which is located inside a 200-year-old heritage building located at the Hotel Shura. You can dine out on the lawn area in a classic colonial elegance. So, you know, there's some great little eating spots to enjoy. So heading out of the city, we'll uh, take some time out and take a taxi and pay a visit to Sanath, which is located some 10 kilometres from the city. It's a little great half-day tour. It is an important pilgrim site for Buddhists. This is where the Lord Buddha gave his very first sermon under the Bodhi tree. You can wander around the gardens, which are quite extensive, and visit the massive stupa, where you'll often find groups of pilgrims from all over the world visiting, meditating, or just enjoying a teaching. Last but not least, something for the shoppers in Varanasi, which is well known for its silk and is certainly worth a visit, 
you may like to invest in a sari for yourself to take home. They're not particularly cheap for the good quality ones, but a lot cheaper when you think about the work that goes into them. The silk factory is called Marotra Silk Factory. It has It's a fixed price shop, which is really good, so you don't have to worry about any haggling. And it's located behind the Lal Gat. It's not that easy to find, and be very careful of touts and rickshaw drivers taking you to other similar name shops or to their mate's shops so that they can collect commission. You're probably best to take a rickshaw to somewhere close by and then walk the rest of the distance on foot to arrive. The other great little shop that I particularly love is the Barber Black Sheep. And this is a very non-pushy, easy shopping place. Great, good quality goods and offering a good variety of products, good souvenirs. Given that the Varanasi is located on the River Ganges, it's an opportunity to link up with the Ganges cruises. And there's quite a lot of these which can take you right round to Kolkata. And, you know, over a couple of weeks you can cruise along the river and this is a spectacular cruise and there's some a variety of different boats that do this. And you can even go only just halfway and back. There's lots of different cruises on offer. So I hope today you've enjoyed visiting Varanasi with me and I've put it on your bucket list for your next trip to India. It's certainly an experience not to be missed. That's all from me this week. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you want to support the show, then share, subscribe and leave a review or comment. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at 123TravelBudrum and on Twitter at 123TravelAbout. You can also find all my episodes and loads of great travel information on my website at 123travel.com.au. I look forward to having you join me on the next episode of Shooting Through.